New seasons. I hear new seasons. New seasons for most of you. Amen. Yeah. Uh, new seasons are uncomfortable in the beginning. But don't worry. Don't worry. Just stay there. Stay there trusting God and God will take care of it. Amen. Yeah. I had prepared something, but I just feel like sharing this as an introduction. We're talking about prayer, right? In Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham, right? And since then, you know, you see how Abraham just trusts God and he moves from one place to another. He never gets settled. He moves. And everywhere he goes, a new place he goes, he hears the word of the Lord. And as a response of hearing God's word, he builds an altar. So number of places he moves, number of places he has heard the word of the Lord, and number of places he has built God's altar. What is an altar? An altar is a place where you sacrifice and you're basically saying that this place, Lord, I just honor you in this place. Altar is just that. It takes a sacrifice because you're offering something to the Lord and you, you do it out of honor. Honor for God. The beautiful thing is that if you finish reading Abraham's account, and then start reading Isaac's account. One day Isaac coincidentally just settles in a place. And the Bible says that he sowed in that land and he reaped hundredfold in the same land. The coincidence is that it was in the same land that Abraham built an altar for the Lord. And then Isaac moves to another place and he dugs up a well where in the natural there seems to be no water and water comes. And even there, Abraham had built an altar. And then again, because there, were, there, there was a conflict with the Philistines, Isaac had to leave that place and he goes to another place and he dugs up another well and there again, water Wherever Abraham had built water, it was a blessing for Isaac whenever he returned. It was a blessing for him. And finally, Isaac hears the word of the Lord in the same place where Abraham had built an altar. After many years, Jacob is running away from home. And he finds this place and, you know, he puts a stone and he sleeps. And that night he has a vision. He has a vision of angels ascending and descending and he sees God on the throne. He wakes up in the morning and he says, I did not know that the Lord was here. The Lord was here and I did not know of it. You know what's the beautiful thing? That place was a place where Abraham had built an altar many years ago. I want to encourage you by saying this, 
that in the new covenant, we don't build monuments for God because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it is by prayer we activate the altar of God in our lives. Right? It is by prayer we, we can activate that altar that God has built in us. And every time you pray, please understand this, every time you activate God's altar, it's not just a blessing for you, it is a blessing for you, for your children, and your children, and their children. Every place that you spend your time on your knees praying to God, it's not a waste of time. You're releasing God's blessing, not just for yourself, but for the people around you and for the, your next generation. Prayer is not wasting time. Prayer is not wasting time. It, it, might, take you, it might take us decades to even understand what the Lord was doing through us in our prayers. It might take us years to unfold. Do you know that we still are eating the fruits of our parents' labor? All of us, all of us are here because somewhere our parents have, have paid the price. Somewhere our forefathers, we're sitting in a comfortable hall with air condition and nice sound. which our parents never had the comfort of. They walked miles to, to share the gospel to one person. I, I, know, I know that you understand the struggle of a missionary because your parents have been. But can I tell you this? Every sacrifice they made was a seed that they sowed for their children to reap the harvest. Every sacrifice. Every sacrifice. Your parents have sacrificed, our forefathers have sacrificed, and that's why we are here. And I want to encourage you saying that we are living in such a beautiful time India is living in such a golden age where Christianity is like exploding like wildfire. Like wildfire. People, all kinds of people are listening to God's word. You know, India is in a place where people are being sent out from India. We are not wasting. We are not waiting on Western missionaries to come and preach the gospel, but we are sending out missionaries outside. Do you know who did that? God. So I want to encourage you that every time you pray, every time you spend time in God's word and you pray and you, every money that you sow in the kingdom, every energy that you give to the kingdom every time you take a part for the kingdom is not wasted God multiplies it and gives you back 
you may not see it in the moment in the in the immediate future you may not see it and you might get disappointed but can i tell you god is thinking he's 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 a god of generations he thinks generations to abraham he said not just to you to you and your offsprings offsprings all through through their offspring shall all nations shall be blessed he thinks generations you probably in this job or you probably are looking for the next promotion so that you can feed yourself but god is looking at how can i make him a blessing for the next 1000 years we have no idea what god is thinking so everything that you do for the kingdom i want to i want to tell you again and again everything that you do for the kingdom man you have no idea the kind of impact it's making you have no idea every 6 o'clock prayer that you got up in the morning getting out of that comfortable bed somehow making yourself sit upright and you prayed it's not wasted it is not wasted god is moving mightily in this place he is moving mightily in our nation and it's such a privilege for us to witness that to witness all that god is doing amen amen are you excited so continue to be in an attitude attitude of prayer today i just want to talk to you about one of the greatest hindrances of prayer or in other words we do spend time in prayer but we don't see the result of that prayer is because somewhere we ourselves become the stumbling block of that prayer and devil recognizes that weakness and amplifies that weakness to his advantage do you know what that weakness is do you know what that stumbling block is that stumbling block to our prayer we pray we sit on our knees and we pray for hours for the same thing god do this god do that god do this but then there is a weakness in the human body which the devil uses again and again to negate our prayers or to counter our prayers do you know what that weakness is say with me it's my tongue it's my tongue most of what we talk is not aligned with what we pray what we talk is not aligned with what we pray we pray such spiritual prayers but then after the prayer is over we get out the words that come out of our mouth my goodness and i'm not just talking about bad words i'm talking about we talk exactly the opposite to what we prayed god i thank you i thank you for you have blessed me i don't know man i don't know you are ensnared by your words the bible says you are ensnared by your words come with me proverbs chapter 18 I'll show you something. And I pray that the Lord will sanctify our tongues from today. Proverbs 18 verse 20 From the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach is satisfied. 
I think you should read that. Can you open your mouth and read that? Read that first line. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. Your stomach is not satisfied by the fruit of your hands' work. You know, like like I was saying, don't work to feed yourself. Work so that you can feed somebody. Work so that you can be a blessing. You don't have to work to feed yourself. Do you know that? God will feed you. But we work so that we can be a blessing. But the Bible says here, there is it. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. Is your stomach satisfied today? Check what you're talking. Check what are you speaking. Check what are you speaking. What, what is the next verse? He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. The next verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Do you know that you have life, power of life and death in your tongue? In your tongue. Some of you, forgive me for my boldness today, okay? But I'm not doing this to hurt you, but I really want you to wake up from your victim mindset. Some of you are still complaining and grumbling, but you don't realize that it's your own words that you are speaking your life into. Nothing good is ever going to happen in my life. Yeah, sure. You've been saying that for the last 25 years now. Everybody hates me. They sure do. Nobody likes me. My parents don't care. You are ensnared by your words. You are trapped by your own words. Your own words. Look at what you're talking. Your stomach, if it is not satisfied, check what are you talking how do you judge a person's maturity? How do you judge a person's maturity? By how and what they talk. That's why Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 13, he says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Your maturity is identified by how you speak. That's why in the leadership, I don't tolerate nonsense conversations. With new people, I'm okay. I'm more gracious. Not with the leadership. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, just, just imagine with me. Genesis 1. God is creating the world, right? In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And the next verse says, And the earth was void. It was formless. It was dark. And then God said, Let there be light. But imagine, if God had just said what he was seeing, what would have happened? The earth was void. The earth was formless. The earth was dark. And if God had just said, 
man, it's so dark. What would have happened? It would have got even darker because his words forms reality. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So he just doesn't speaks what he sees. Humans speak what they see, and what they see is so incomplete. Do you see the full picture? We never see the full picture. In fact, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, Paul says, "We see in parts, we prophesy in parts. We never see the full picture. We think we do, so we say we make whatever judgment we want to make about that person, about that church, about that pastor, about that boss, and we speak it, and then we realize." my life is not changing it's the same thing because your words are not changing prayer the evidence of your prayer working the evidence is that your words from within starts changing the evidence that you have actually encountered god the evidence is that your words have changed that you probably started the prayer by complaining and grumbling but you ended in praise so the evidence is something happened you had an encounter but if your prayer is still ending in grumbling and complaining you did not have an encounter with the lord you had an encounter with something else the evidence of our spiritual maturity is our words is our words because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks is what is there inside is what is going to come out we can pretend for a while we can sophisticate ourselves for a while and speak polished words but somewhere or the other if there's filth inside filth is going to come out our tongue exposes ourselves have you heard of the story of samson do you know how his destiny was destroyed because of his tongue he did not know when to shut up samson tell me samson what is your strength samson he did not know when to shut up our tongue you have the power of life and death in your tongue james Okay, let me show you some scripture portions. Okay, <clears throat> how many unbelieving believers here today? Wow, so proud of you! Didn't say didn't say amen to that. Uh, come with me, James chapter three. James chapter three, from verse three. If we put bits into the mouths of horses. so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well then he takes another example look at the ships also though they are so large and are driven by strong winds they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs so also say with me so also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire and the tongue is a fire 
A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. James is saying, you don't like the direction that your life is taking. Change the words that you are speaking. Your life will move in the direction of what words you have released. Lord, I want, I want to be focused on your kingdom. This is my prayer today. Lord, let my eyes be on the kingdom. And then you get out and you're complaining. I hate going to that place. What you're praying and what you're saying is in contradiction. And the devil loves it. devil uses that. It cancels out the prayer. If you don't like your life, check the words that you're talking. If you're really frustrated with your life, check the words that come out of your mouth. Do you know that you can delay God's promise over your life by your words? You can just delay it. God told Israelites, got them out of Egypt. Why? Because he wanted to take them to the promised land. 11 days journey, 10 days journey. And then the Israelites start to grumble. And you know what the Lord says? I am listening to whatever you are saying. Whatever you said, let it happen exactly like that. He said it. Do you know that God is very careful of what you are saying? Sometimes we are not careful of what you are saying, right? We just speak it out. Yeah, these are just words, right? Yeah, I, I just said it, bro. But God is very careful of what you are saying. Very careful. Let me show you the verse. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14 verse 26. This is, I'll give you a context. This is, you know, Moses sends 12 spies and... To, to the promised land, to scout the promised land. And these 10 spies out of those 12 come and they give a bad report saying, this is impossible. God has brought us here to die. These are like giants. We are like grasshoppers to them. They're complaining, complaining, complaining and see what God says. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron saying, how long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel which they grumble against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearings, I will do to you. Whatever you have said, I will do to you. Let it be done as you have said. You said you have, I brought, brought you here to die, you will die. The whole promise got delayed by 40 years. Amen. The culture in the church, you know, we, we all come to church, we praise God, and the moment the service gets over, we're talking about each other. Did you see what that person wore? Yeah. Backbiting about each other. Do you know what you just did? Your words have power. 
and the person who eats the fruit of those words is not the other person it's you yourself so every time you talk bad about somebody you're eating the fruit of that words you shall be satisfied with the fruit of your mouth hallelujah let me show you more verses okay james chapter 1 verse 26 if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue which is does not control his tongue but deceives his heart if you don't control your tongue that means you have you are living in deception bro your heart is deceived what does it say this person's religion is worthless one more verse proverbs 13 was 3 whoever guards his mouth preserves his life if you can guard your mouth if you can protect your mouth you can preserve your life samson did not know how to guard his mouth that's why he lost his life he he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin Psalms 39 was one. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle, so long as the wicked are in my presence. Proverbs 25:28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls a man who has no control over the tongue is like a city without walls has no protection be careful of what you talk be careful of the words that come out of your mouth those words are powerful Amen. Okay, let me encourage you now. <clears throat> Hebrews 4:12 says for the word of God is living, active, sharp, double-edged sword. The word of God is double-edged sword. Say with me, the word of God is double-edged sword. That word double-edged, the Greek word is diastomos. and it also means double mouthed what does it mean double mouth the two edged sword the greek word is diastomos and it means double mouth meaning when god speaks that's one side of the mouth the other side of the mouth is when you speak what you heard god speak confession comes from the greek word homo homologous which means repeating what you have heard echoing what you have heard so what are you echoing what are you repeating you're repeating what you have heard from the lord so the lord says it and then you say it again and that makes the word of god effective it's not just enough for god to speak you have to also speak what you have just heard Are you listening? 
it's important for you to open your mouth and speak scriptures so that what god has spoken and when you speak the word of god comes active and starts working in your life it it becomes a reality you want the word of god to become a reality you have to start listening to what god is saying do you know what you speak do you know what you speak is dependent on what you hear if you're not speaking god's word that means you're not hearing god's word if you hear the wrong source if you hear from a wrong source you will start speaking like them that's why it's very important to have the right company of people who speak into your life do you know when eve sinned eve did not way before eve ate from that tree she sinned do you know that she fell in the trap of the devil that was the final thing that she ate from the tree but she sinned way before that do you know how i'll show you come with me genesis chapter 3 Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made He said to the woman did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden I want you to look at those words okay What's the name of the Lord which the devil addresses Eve with he says did god actually say the hebrew word over there is elohim what's the meaning of elohim almighty all powerful but what's the name of the lord that god introduced himself to eve it was not elohim you know how god introduced himself to eve hey i am lord god which in hebrew is yahweh elohim What's the difference between Elohim and Yahweh Elohim? Elohim means almighty, all powerful. What's Yahweh Elohim? Yahweh Elohim means I am almighty, I am powerful, but I want to have a relationship with you. I'm a relational god. I'm all of that, yeah. But with you, you belong to me. We are family. See when the devil addresses God he very deceivingly disconnects the relationship part because he does not want Eve to feel connected to God so he just says hey did that distant almighty all powerful one did he tell you to do this See if somebody had asked speaking about my father used my dad's name and said hey did pastor vergis thomas tell you to do this i would respond back saying yes pastor vergis told me to do this i would respond by saying yes my dad told me to do this why because for me he is pastor vergis thomas but to me he is my dad he is my father but when the devil says hey did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden look at what the woman says a woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden but God said in her mind 
she has been disconnected from the relationship that she had with god what you hear is what you're going to speak if you constantly listen to filth you're going to speak filth if you constantly listen to negative things you are going to speak negative things you constantly listen to world news world news is going to come out of you it's going to flow like a river non stop do you know monkey pox is coming do you know corona virus again there second wave third wave i am asking you how much of scriptures do you know do you know how many promises are there irrespective of what's happening in the world and i'm not saying you should be ignorant of what's happening in the world but compared to how much you drown yourself in the world news how much do you drown yourself in god's word do you know how many promises are you here more than 365 time god says fear not and we still are afraid fear in the church is one of those sins that we are comfortable with we'll talk about adultery we'll talk about sexual immorality but we never talk about fear as strong as any other fear is oh, you're afraid yeah that's okay bro you're all afraid but any commandment that god gives do not be afraid is also a promise meaning if i've given you a commandment not to be afraid that means i've empowered you not to be afraid so what you hear matters who is your source of that hearing that's what paul says in romans 10 he says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so if you want to speak the right words if you want to speak what god speaks into your life you have to hear god's word first so you 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 put in a difficult situation where it it just seems impossible things are difficult you just lost the job there are bills to be paid you're moving into a new season responsibilities you just got married probably and it hasn't been 2 months and your wife is pregnant and you just lost the job difficult situation what are the words that are going to come out of your mouth now what you can do is you can ask the lord lord what do you speak in this situation because when you saw the dark the void the formless earth and you spoke let there be light and there was light what do you speak in this situation and when you hear what god says and you speak it with your mouth things begin to change it's not just because you spoke the word it's because god's word was spoken through you it is the word of god that changed your circumstances not just your words please understand this that's why word of god is a double edged sword the word of god has already been spoken and then when you agree and you speak it again it brings into effect that's why i ask you when you sit here don't just sit like a dead body respond be on your toes respond respond to god's word because you're not just listening to a concept you're listening to a person a spirit of god is being released respond have you have you ever been to a coffee shop for all those single people you know you're dating you've been to a coffee shop with the with your potential person and you know you're just talking your heart out and the guy is like looking at you 
Do you know how awkward that is? That's exactly how you're behaving with me right now. The word of God is a person. It's not a concept. So respond. Because as you respond, you are changing your circumstances. You're allowing the word of God to change, to speak into your circumstances and to change them. That's why God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, meditate on this law day and night and let it not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And let it not depart from your mouth. You meditate, meditate till it does not depart from your mouth. Last week, Monday morning, I was excited for the morning prayer and I took Romans 8 and my eyes fell on this verse which says, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. I Somehow that verse spoke to me. I loved it and I wrote it down. I wrote it down a couple of times and I just started confessing that verse. Man, the spirit is life because of righteousness. By afternoon, I was sick. having throat pain, feeling feverish. I don't want to tell my wife. I don't want to tell the people who are with me in the house because all morning I've been confessing this word. Spirit is life because of righteousness. I'm saying, don't worry. We don't walk by sight. Tell your neighbor, we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, so if God has spoken to you a word irrespective of what's happening in the physical, you still keep confessing it. Because that word has the power to change your circumstances. See, please understand something. The kingdom of God is like a combination lock. Have you seen a combination lock? All the dials has to be in the right place, otherwise it will not open. You can't, you can't have four, or, four out of five and wait for the suitcase to open. Doesn't work like that, right? You need to have all the dials in the right place. Just like that, you need to have all of these combinations in the right place for you to see an effective prayer for you to see the result of your prayer. So you meditate on God's word, you confess God's word, and you spend time in praying in God's presence. It's a combination. It's a combination that will change our lives. Ministry of the word and ministry of the spirit. Some of us, because of sadly because of the different backgrounds that we come from, we don't confess the word enough. Yeah, I am meditating on God's word in my head. Yeah, that is meditation. But look at what the Bible says. Meditate on it day and night and let it not depart from your mouth. Complete it, bro. Speak it out. Speak what you're meditating because there's power. If he can speak nonsense, I think it's better that we speak scriptures, right? It will do much more good. That's why Paul, you know, in Ephesians, he says, you know, he says, hey, don't, don't complain about people. 
don't slander please instead sing songs of praise and sing songs of joy why are you wasting talking about each other about your boss and all you know most of the stuff that happens in the church is happens because we don't have control over our tongue and then we realize oh the church got split how it was you be careful to whom you talk even about sharing your secrets okay i i know that some of you you know you you want to get help but be careful to whom you share your vulnerability with if the person does not have the capacity to handle your toxicity he might spread that toxicity 10 times you want an example a husband and wife fought in the house okay husband could not deal with the toxicity so the husband spoke to the younger brother okay so the husband spoke to the younger brother and say you know yeah this this woman is always like this now the younger brother spoke to the mother mother spoke to the father one issue see how many people are affected in two hours time the husband and wife resolved the issue but here the younger brother the mother the father they are still hurt that's why i tell young people please get a separate house don't live with your parents in the first year of marriage at least your your battle should be private be very careful whom you share your toxicity with you have to be sensitive can that person can that person really help me or is that person will that person only affirm yeah bro i understand yeah i know you're going through this yeah 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 or can that person really speak life and truth because a, we have a lot of friends who will agree with anything and everything i killed a person oh man wow so be very careful whom you release your toxicity with that's why when you have come to church you need to find your paul your paul is not necessarily the pastor your paul is that person who can take your toxicity and still speak life into you still speak the word of god into you and correct you and as much as you have a paul you need to have a timothy to whom you can take their toxicity in and speak life into them see somehow in the church i'm saying including the church this happens with our friends also somehow in the church we are like man i prayed for that person i spoke to that person i took them out for coffee but that person is not reciprocating the same to me it's absolutely okay because it's not a transactional relationship you did it because you were blessed you did it because you had the capacity to be a blessing to them so it's okay if they don't respond the same way Do you know how many people in the church asked me how I'm how am I doing and I'm absolutely fine with it 
Seriously. I don't get depressed thinking, man, I have so many people in the church and I keep asking them how they're doing, but nobody asks me how am I doing. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. You know why? Because I have people over my life who do that. God has put people over my life who ask me, hey Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, I know. That's the answer that you give to the believers. Tell me how are you doing? Where I can be honest and authentic. You need to find your community, bro. Why am I saying bro, bro, bro? <clears throat> you need to find your community in the church. It's not the responsibility of the pastor to give you the community. The responsibility of the pastor is to feed you spiritually. You want a community. You want friends. You want Paul. You want Timothy. You have to get up from your comfortable chair and make an effort to build relationships within the church. Don't expect the pastor to come and say, hey, you're part of this group. These are your group of friends. This is your Paul. This is your Timothy. And please don't expect that from me. You want people to come to your house? You invite them. Don't assume. It's my birthday. The pastor will come and bless me. That's not the culture of this house. You want a birthday party? Have your birthday party. Invite us. We'll come. We'll celebrate and we'll go. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, church is not a community. Church is the ecclesia of God. Do you know what an ecclesia means? Ecclesia means the legislative, the legislative assembly of God that determines what needs to be done on the earth. Now, in the legislative assembly, you can find a community, yes, but that's like an overflow what it is supposed to be. But church is not a community. The problem, most of the churches are stagnant and they hit the wall and there's just bickering and bitterness and all of that happening is because we have limited church to be a community. I'm going to a Malayali community. I'm going to a Tamilian community. I'm going to a Andhra community. And we build our own communities and we look at each other and we, we are the best community, they are the bad community. Church is about the kingdom. It is not about communities. We can be community of communities, we can have communities, we can have families, but it is not about that. It is about the kingdom. It is about the kingdom being established. It is about God's will being established. We have to look beyond this whole communal, communal thing. I'm preaching better than you're hearing. <clears throat> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah? I don't know why I'm led to say this, but if you are here in this church, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. There's a purpose of God over your life. Find your people whom you can journey with. Find your Paul whom you can share your toxicity with. Don't share your toxicity with everybody. Don't. They probably don't have the capacity to handle it. And they probably will become more toxic. And they'll be like, I don't want to get married any anymore. Married people in the church, I'm telling you, don't share your struggles with single people. They will never understand and they will give you all kinds of stupid advices. Relatable, right? But I'm serious, guys. Be careful 
with whom you share your struggles with. I'm not trying to tell you to pretend. I'm saying you have to share. If, when you need to get help, you need to get help. But do it with the right channel. Most of the issues that has happened in the church and outside the church is because people did not deal with their issues to the right people. They dealt it with the wrong people and the wrong people, you know, did you hear what happened? This happened. And then just multiplies, 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 multiplies. By the time the pastor gets to know, the church is like, oh, wow, it's, it's in a different dimension. Don't do that. Your words have power. Your words have power. Your words have power. So be careful. Be careful. Find people. You know, in, in the Acts of Apostles, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes in the form of tongues of fire. And the reason, I believe the reason why it came was because God want, wanted to tell us, hey, this tongue by which you have been eating the fruit of, let me sanctify that first. Let me sanctify that first. Because we eat, we eat what we speak. Your tongue is powerful. Tongues of fire. He has sanctified you today. I want to encourage you, He has sanctified you today. So don't take an opportunity to say unsanctified things. Be very careful of the malice and the clamor and the nonsense and the rumors that you spread without any verification. Be very careful. It might seem godly. You know, people come for prayer meeting and they are sharing the other person's prayer request. It's not other person's prayer request, it's gossip. Be very careful because you will be accountable for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. That's what Bible says. Jesus said you will be accountable for every idle word. And I'm saying this and I'm telling you this because I know in the church this happens the most. That we use our idle words the most. It's probably not to hurt one another but it's because we Nobody has taught us how to deal with our toxicity. So we have to release it somewhere, right? So we release it in all the wrong places. Parents who are frustrated with their jobs, they come home and they speak idle words to their children. And then they are praying, God, I don't know why he's not, pass, he's, he's not passing any exam. Because you, you, you constantly call them useless. You constant, constantly call them good for nothing. Your words have power. You know, when Jacob, he is going from his father's house with nothing in his hands. When he is going to Laban, but he is satisfied. You know why? Because he got the one spiritual inheritance that he was aiming for in his entire life. And what was that? How, how, how did Isaac give his spiritual inheritance? How? He did not write a will paper. He did not say, I give you this property. He did not give him gold or silver. He only blessed him with words. Those people understood that words were not just words. Words carried inheritance. Words carry inheritance. 
So when Jacob received those words, he is, I have nothing but this is all I have and this is, this is enough. The words of my father. In the Bible, you don't see God appearing to Jacob before Isaac releasing those words. Isn't that powerful? Those words that you release over each other, they're not just words. John 6, 6, 63, Jesus said, My words are spirit and life. My words are spirit and life. When you speak, you are either speaking life or you are either speaking death. Stop behaving like a child. But you can't do this by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. That's why when you pray, you ask the Lord, Lord, sanctify my tongue. As you have given me the Holy Spirit as a sign of a sanctified tongue, sanctify my tongue so that I speak life, so that I speak as you speak, so that I just don't speak what I see, but I speak what you, what you are speaking into this circumstance right now. I see a negative issue in my life but father what do you speak right now jesus said i see what i see my father do i speak what i hear him we all want to be like jesus hear what he's saying don't just speak anything that comes into your mouth some of us don't have any filter in our mind and we just speak whatever we are thinking you know why god gave you a mind so that you can filter the nonsense and only, only speak the good things that you're meant to speak. Hear what the Father is saying. Hear what the Father is saying. Hear what the Father is saying and speak that. Be very careful of what you speak. That's why one of the practices in prayer is thanksgiving. Irrespective of you feel grateful or you don't feel grateful, as you start giving thanks, you are aligning yourself to the reality of God's kingdom. You're aligning yourself to the reality of God's character. What, what is it doing? Your words. Your words. Your words. Somewhere your words have the capacity to change your thoughts and your hearts makes you realize, what did I just speak right now? But when you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak through me. What is, what is that you're speaking? I, I don't want to hear these many voices that are thrown against me. I, don't, I want to block all of them out. I want to hear what you're saying. I'm not just going to speak the next thing that I hear, but I want to hear what you are saying. And when I speak what the Lord says, the Word of God becomes active in your life. Faith without works is dead, right? One of that work of faith is confessing God's word. You confess God's word, your faith becomes alive. Stop identifying yourself as sinner, as a weak, as you are the righteousness of God. So take these scripture portions that you're meditating on and you speak it out loud. Open your mouth and start speaking and it will become alive. It will become alive in your life. Amen. Are you guys blessed?
Do you understand the power of your tongue? Be careful. Be careful. Come on, let's close our eyes.